Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hey y'all, this is actually the second time I'm recording this podcast. The universe has a funny way of playing tricks on me because this podcast is about slowing down and kind of taking a look at the big picture, the macro version of your life as opposed to the micro version. And I had in my head that I wanted to have this podcast done and posted by 10 a.m., but the universe had different plans. It, uh, I don't know what happened, but the recording was like... Uh, you couldn't understand it. So anyway, took myself downstairs. I sat on the porch for a few minutes, took some deep breaths, and then came back up here. So here we go. This has um, been on my mind lately. I'm reading a book about hurry, and it's not the best book in the world, so I'm not going to recommend it. Um, but it has opened my eyes to some things that I'm going to tell you about in this episode. So I tend to try and force things to happen, like with the podcast episode earlier, and I'm trying to, now that I'm in my 40s, slow down and realize that everything is going to work out. It really will. Even if bad things happen, overall, your life will have a cohesive picture of all the pieces fitting together. And when I interviewed Betsy Armstrong last week, she was she said that, those exact words about her life. And she couldn't see it in the moment. She couldn't see how uh, getting burned out as a counselor for a rape crisis hotline or how she, when she tried to adopt the first two kids from Russia and it didn't work out, she couldn't see how all of it fit together in that moment. But looking back, she says that each puzzle piece had a place in her life and has contributed to the whole beautiful picture of her. And she didn't use the word beautiful, but that's my, those are my words. So the present moment is exactly as it's supposed to be. I've read those words before, and if you're in a good place, it's really hard. I mean, it's easy to hear that and agree, like, yeah, everything is as it should be. But if you're in a hard place, if somebody close to you is really sick or you're going through a really rough time, then your mind will disagree. Your mind will say, that is not true. Everything is not as it should be. The mind wants to change what's happening. And why am I even talking about this? Well, the podcast is all about uh, figuring out your path, listening to that inner whisper, and then moving forward. And I feel like I have a lot of episodes on how to make things happen, like how to set goals and dream and envision and reverse engineer. But I probably don't have enough on just being present and watching your life, being an, being an observer and sort of... Uh, 
sort of stopping with the forcing. So that's why we're doing this episode today. And I'll alternate, not every other week, but some weeks I'll feel like talking to you. And some weeks I will have a, an episode or an interview for you to listen to. So back to the mind. So the mind has a million thoughts and opinions about what's going on at this moment. The mind is convinced that it can have an impact on what is happening by labeling things as good or bad, by planning out every detail for your future, by making comparisons to things that happened in the past, and by worrying about the outcomes. The inner self, though, that's like your... Your deep knowing, every, the inner self knows that everything is okay. There's nothing in this moment that you need. Your body's breathing itself. You're okay. You're safe. So when you find yourself feeling rushed or impatient, one way to um, kind of calm your mind down is to ask yourself the big picture slash grand scheme of things question. So is this going to matter six months from now? Is it going to matter five years from now? No. Like last night, my husband got up to go to the bathroom at one o'clock and I heard the door and, you know, your mind jumps to one of the kids is sick. And so then I had to wait till he got back and I said, is anything wrong? And he's like, no. And you know, I couldn't go back to sleep. I was wide awake and I was thinking, this sucks. Like he woke me up and now I'm going to be tired and I couldn't go back to sleep. And why didn't he go to the bathroom before he went to bed? And my mind is just churning. But in the grand scheme of things, this is not even mattering four hours later or five hours later. So another way to think about this is if you're, I read this somewhere, I didn't make this up. If your life is a movie, so they've made a movie about your life. In mine, it would be starring Hope Cook. She is the main character. And let's say you're watching the movie and it's half over and you're sitting there on the, looking at the big screen. Do you like how it's going? Like, do you really want to finish out the movie going the same way it's already going? Do you like the main character, who's you, by the way? Do you wish she would stop? If you're watching this and she's running around like, her main focus is to-do list and getting it done and sort of forcing things to happen. And don't you wish she would just slow down and like you could, she'd have more depth and maybe you could watch her um, relationships develop further? Yes, of course you do. So that's another way to think about it. If your life's a movie, how do you like it so far? Would you finish watching the movie? I have to constantly remind myself about all of this. So I'm, I'm a work in progress, and that's why I'm sharing this. At night, my kids do this thing where they kiss my husband. He gets to, or they hug him or whatever. He gets to go upstairs, and he'll start doing whatever, reading, or if he's working on a paper or something. And I am, in my head, stuck downstairs. So they do this thing where they want to know, um, if I can tell a story, if I can give them one more hug, if I can help my daughter with something in her room, usually an art project. And I'm like, I just want to go upstairs like I've been giving, giving, giving all day. And I just want to go upstairs and read. But if I look at the big picture, it's not as important that I go upstairs and read. My kid, my son is almost 14. He's only going to be at home like four more years. And the fact that he wants to talk to me at night, that's huge. 
even this morning, my husband, um, I was taking my kids to school because I'm off today and I have my to-do list all lined up. And my husband said, when you get back, maybe we can have a cup of coffee together. And I said, or maybe not. (laughs) And it came out of my mouth. That's so rude. But that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe not. Maybe we should have done that an hour ago. But I think I was still holding on to a grudge from him waking me up. But in the grand scheme of things, I want to have a cup of coffee with my husband. It's not as important that I get upstairs and hammer out my to-do list. So I was also thinking about this. There was a movie, I think it starred Jim Carrey and his life, like he was on camera. People were um, studying him and watching his reactions and they're watching him on a big screen. And then he realizes that this is happening, that his life is sort of one big psychology experiment movie. And so I started thinking like, okay, what if graduate students were studying me and my reactions? Like they're watching my every move. They document um, how I feel, excuse me, how I feel about certain things. And I would be so embarrassed if this were all public knowledge. And I'll give you a very real case in point that I'm embarrassed about now, but I did it. So last night I was trying to rush my daughter out the door to go to her first night at gymnastics at this new place and they'd made it very clear you have certain things you have to do as far as sanitizing and getting your temperature checked and you need to be on time so we're already in my head we're running like four minutes late and so um there is a papa john's car blocking the driveway and it's the car's running we have not ordered a pizza and the papa john's man is nowhere in sight And I'm like, what the heck? So first I'm polite and I kind of look around at the neighbor's houses and I call out in a friendly, probably passive aggressive, but in my head at the moment it was friendly voice, Papa John's, where's the Papa John's man? And he's not anywhere around. And then I look in his car, it's running, there's trash everywhere, like real trash and clothes and it's just one big mess. And I think, I could get in there and move his car. What could I be arrested for like stealing a car if I get in and move it? I only have to like back it up just a little bit. Maybe he won't even know. So I'm sitting there thinking all this and I and then I get madder and madder because I have this thing with time and I hate being late because in my head it means I'm a bad person and a terrible mother if I get my daughter to gymnastics late. And he comes out he comes kind of walking casually down the road. And I said, come on, come on, I'm going to be late. You're blocking me in. And I actually clapped my hands like he was one of my children. And he did. He sort of broke into a little jog. And I just, I was already embarrassed by the time he got to the car because I had treated him poorly, I think. So um, anyway, I was telling you all that because That does not matter in the grand scheme of things. We actually got to gymnastics four minutes early. And I made this poor guy feel bad. And he didn't know where the house was, I guess, where he was delivering the pizza. So it was a life lesson for me. Um, I was also listening to Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And this is a, I love Glennon Doyle, y'all. So she's talking about how when she, her husband cheated on her a lot And so they both were in therapy, individually and marriage therapy, and she'd done all this work, but she was still so angry. She just could not forgive him. She couldn't 
let go of this anger. And she said one day, you know, it had been, I guess, months after she found out he was cheating and they'd started all this therapy. So they're sitting on the sofa watching TV and they had not been fighting. They were just watching TV. And her, she has this moment where she sees them from above. It's like she's on the ceiling looking at the two of them and she sees that he is completely fine. He's unaffected. He does not realize that she is boiling with rage. And she looks at herself and she sees how it's affecting her and how she's miserable. She's just you know, the, the anger is eating her alive. And she realized that it just, it was her problem. It wasn't affecting him at all. And she ended up um, realizing that she wanted a divorce. That's not the point. The point is, like, look at your, look at your life from above. And that'll help sort of put things in perspective, too. Um, um that book back about hurry, I wanted to go back to that. So the things that I have realized about the book were how caught up I get in things that don't matter, like my cell phone. It's The book says that we touch our cell phone, we check it about 126 times a day. And I had been telling myself that I was only looking at the clock, but that's not true. I mean, I look for messages. Um, I check my email incessantly. I check my to-do list all the time. And it just sort of takes my focus away from everything else. So lately, I'd been feeling like this frazzled, just brain fog, like, ugh, I just can't think. And I would drink more caffeine and try to think better. <laughs> I would make a to-do list on Monday, but by Wednesday, I would have three other to-do lists, like pieces of paper everywhere, paper next to my bed where I'd scribble things out that I'd remembered once I was in bed. I kept a notebook in my purse that I would write things on while I was driving. Um, and then I have my to-do list in my phone that I check all the time. So I had all these distractions. And I realized after reading the book, one of the signs that you're, you've got too much going on, too many distractions, is when you start forgetting big things. So I've always had a mental calendar in my head. I can sort of see the dates lined up like a paper calendar in my head. And I can remember what's in each block. I, I do not run late. I don't miss things. But in the last few weeks, listen to this. I dropped my son off an hour early at youth group. Had to turn around. I took my daughter to a swim party on the wrong night. And we walked up with towels and swimsuits these to this backyard and surprised the people and had to turn around and leave. She was very disappointed. I showed up at the wrong location for the orthodontist. And this, maybe some of you are like, well, I would, I do that sometimes, but I don't do this. This is not normal for me. So I had to beg their forgiveness, drive to the next county over for the correct location for my son's braces appointment. I just felt like I was losing it. So I decided I had to sort of zero in on sort of focus, uh, focus my attention. See, I can't even focus right now. Um, I decided to do some things after reading the book. So I'm going to give y'all some take-home lessons that you can implement now. One thing is when you're in the car, don't listen to anything. Try not listening to the podcast 
not this podcast. You can listen to this one. Don't listen to any other podcast or don't listen to the radio, especially the news when you're in the car. And this is going to be key if you're by yourself because you'll have time to sort of settle in and observe your thoughts. But if you're with your kids, car time is prime talking time. This is when you will get all the juicy information about who their friends are, what their friends are doing, how they're doing in school, because they're not looking at you face to face. Kids don't like direct eye contact, I've read. So anyway, that's when they'll do all their talking. Um, The other thing is I've started not um, eating when I'm distracted. I used to have my cell phone out a lot, or I would at least have something out, a piece of paper or... I'd listen to a podcast or a book on um, CD, Audible, whatever it's called. Anyway, after listening to Betsy talk about intuitive eating, I rem- I've read some books on that, and I decided to sort of re-implement eating without distraction. And it is fascinating to look at me and watch me eat. It wouldn't be fascinating for you, but it's fascinating to study yourself and to see that, like, you may not even want that food in front of you, but you're just eating it because you're distracted and you're numbing yourself. Number two, I don't take my phone in the bathroom anymore. This is, I know, I know my husband would die if he knew I had my phone out while I was doing business. That doesn't happen that often, but I definitely had it in the bathtub every night. That was my time to sit and do my Kroger list or catch up on Facebook or something. Um, Now I don't do that. I light a candle and I sit and I just sit and do nothing. Um, Number four, social media. I do not do this during work anymore or when I'm supposed to be working at home like on a podcast. I used to have a tab open and I'd check in and I have my certain groups I like to check on, but this was just a big distractor and it's not adding anything to my life. So I wasn't a binger, but I just used it as a filler to fill up free time. So I took Instagram and Facebook totally off my phone. I can still check it on my computer, but it's not as convenient and I don't do it just as a filler. Um, when I ha- Number five, when I wait, I wait. I just wait and notice and just sort of sit there. Um, and I feel so much calmer. So when I'm waiting on the Kroger guy instead of having out, I mean, I will go ahead and do my Kroger list for next time while I'm waiting on the Kroger man. So now I just sit. Number six, um, no phone in the bedroom. So try to do this. It really affects your sleep if you have a phone in the bedroom, even if it's not turned on. So I leave it in my office, which is my closet. I leave it um, plugged in and away from me after 7.30 p.m. And you can even set your notifications to do a do not disturb after a certain time. Um, last not last, but second to last, I do one to-do list and I put the most important things I want to do at the top and I have to get those done first. If I want to go to all the little things like, you know, shop on Amazon or stuff like that. Um, And that way, if I don't get the little things done, it's not a big deal. And lastly, see your life from above. Ask if what you're worried about matters in the grand scheme of things. All right, put your feet on the floor. I'm going to make y'all do a quick breathing exercise. If you're driving, don't do that. Well, you can breathe, but don't close your eyes. So put your feet on the floor. Let your shoulders relax. Sit up nice and tall. 
and take a deep breath. So start with your belly. Inhale completely. And then exhale. Do that again. Let the little muscles around your eyes relax. Let your jaw relax. And just say to yourself on the inhale, all, and then on the exhale, is well. So all is well. Know that in this moment, all is as it should be. You are safe. You are well. You are okay. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you like this podcast and think someone else could benefit, please share it. I'd also love for you to write a review on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify or Apple. And lastly, if you would like more of the same, come over to my website, hopethepa.com. Thank y'all for listening.